a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening to you, however you may be listening and wherever you may be listening. This is The Big Debate, football's biggest conversation, and we've got a, a multitude of topics that we're going to get into tonight, including one that has sort of shook the, shook the whole world. Well, mainly Europe, because that's where it's mainly taking place. But other than that, let's get into the topics. But first, let's introduce the panel for tonight. Joining me, I'll start with the person who's closest to me, and by literally close to me, because he's only about two feet away. It's our resident Geordie, even though he's not a Geordie. Pseudo Geordie. Pseudo thank you. It's Marcus Shearer. Marcus, Hello. good evening. Hello, good to be back. Good. When you say back, it's well, been away. Well, it's only been a week. Uh, work kind of just sort of pulls me everywhere. But yeah, nice to be with everyone. Again. Indeed. Right. And I'm guessing geographically located, I'll go to the person who's next closest to me. And that would be Colin, uh, currently joining us from an undisclosed pub somewhere in, I believe it's the Essex region. Am I right with that, Colin? Yes. Um, I'm, I'm being very alfresco. Um, so, uh, yeah, apologies if you hear um, any background noise. I don't know. Somebody yeah. setting off a firework at a homeless person, something like that. Well, hopefully not set for fireworks, because fireworks were meant to be last night. You'd you hope that they, they'd all be put away yeah, by now. Yeah, you kind of all get them going along up until the New Year, don't you? Just yeah, because yeah, there's that firework shop nearby where we live that only opens North sort of town. October. Yeah. October yeah. to December, and then they just close the rest of the year. It's a bit odd. But anyway, um, now moving even further afield and further sea, we go across the North Sea to the Netherlands, where we are joined by James Rowe. James, good evening to you. Good evening, everybody. How are you all? I'm good. Marcus is flabbergasted. Uh, I'm just watching the football. Oh, yeah. Cause, uh, for points of disclosure, uh, this is the first time we've revealed this on um, on the big debate. Uh, we often have a visual feast, we like to call it. And basically, whilst we're recording, me and Marcus have got a game or games on in the background. So we just keep you updated. And if you hear the odd ooh or oh, what a miss, then you'll understand why. That's we've awesome. currently got the BT Sport goal show on that sort of highlights the moving highlights thing so You're basically dressing up us watching football whilst we're talking basically yeah. is what i'm doing right, on. right and this is the champions league night we're watching the champions league the champions league however could no longer be a thing by the big news that came out uh, i believe it was last week sometime i can't remember the exact date by de spiegel which is german for the spiegel <laughs> i knew that again laugh at you um basically it's been rumoured and it's been talked about many a time before, but it seems now it's sort of reared its ugly head again. This idea of European Super League, where footballs or Europe's biggest, it's, it's really elite. the money makers. Elite. It's the ones that make the most money, elite, as Marx called it, are going to say, right, we need more money. How can we do this? I don't know. Let's make our own league. It is basically the future armour. I'm going to create my own league with blackjack and hookers. In fact, forget the blackjack and the hookers yeah. sort of thing. Is basically come on. I expected you to be more animated yeah, than that. Talking. But the basic idea of this is, you know, I'm sure you've all heard it, but just in case you haven't, in case you've been living under a rock, basically Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, Arsenal, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Juventus, AC Milan, and PSG uh, are the are the eleven founding members. They get twenty year membership, can't be relegated from this league, uh, whatever. And then five initial guests which are meant to be Atletico Madrid, Borussia Dortmund, Inter Milan, Roma and Marseille. Quite where those first five came up with, I have no idea. Just randomly. When you think of the biggest names, it's 
Well, Marseille, really? They, yeah, well, they, well, Marseille, former Europa League win, winners. They are, but and even so, if, you, if you're talking yeah, about the, the biggest names in French football as well. If you talk, but really, in the 16 biggest names in Europe, really, yeah, Marseille. They have to segregate it equally between like leagues and like, teams from certain countries. Yeah. Anyway, either way, I think Ajax got royally screwed out of this. But anyway, um, basically, you know, this whole league, it's basically just another money-making venture for them to just say, but there's the whole permutations about they're, they're going to leave, uh, not just the Champions League, but leave their domestic leagues as well and just play each other around the world. Many permutations, whatever, whatever, whatever. Marcus, what were your thoughts, for your first thoughts when you sort of heard the news about this? I, and were you annoyed that the big club, Newcastle United, were not invited? Yeah, no, I really wasn't because they just beyond zero points with minus 40 goal difference like within the first three games uh it's um i don't know it seems like it's another one of those sort of um one of those quote-unquote revolutionary steps i think it's more whether debate or not whether it's a good thing or a bad thing i think it's more inevitable because the world is consumed by just making money and i think that's the most sort of important priority here and i think this is again once again clubs putting a priority of their own well-being over the fans like i cannot sort of fathom how we are going to get fans traveling on a weekend across europe i just think it's not going to be weekend you know they're going to play more or less every day of the week they're going to they're going to want to dominate the whole thing well I, you'll I, have man united barcelona on the monday arsenal liverpool on the tuesday ac milan psg on the wednesday Buy me barcelona on thursday so on you know they're going to have every night i don't know how there's going to be like a demand for this like to like fill stadiums except for neutrals and tourists and people that are basically trying to get into football that's what it feels like as a league it's like it's trying to bring in new uh, new people new fans and just basically bring in sort of the best amongst the best now i'm completely torn on it. the idea of it just i think is absolutely bonkers but on the flip side of it i think well if we take all these ridiculous teams away for example if you take Selskin rangers out of the spl someone else might win it for a change if you take well, by P- default, someone. By, by, yeah, if you take PSG out of League 1, then someone else will win it. If you take Bayern Munich out of the Bundesliga, someone, by default, we will have new names on the domestic trophies, whether that's through merit. Well, it's clearly not through yeah, merit. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things I've sort of worked about is if they decide to go, then we can finally get back to what football was meant to be. And, you know, you have um, a Premier, an English Premier League where you know, if, if the money's all gone, Fine, let's work out who's the best by you know on the pitch rather than who has whoever has who, have, who has the biggest bank balance. Yeah, and I think that's again it's now segregating into that league. But then how far do you take it when you get a European Super League? Where does it go after that? Just do we then have a quite literal Champions Division where just the champions of every major domestic division they all form their own league, then they go off and they do that for a season. So you're saying seasons? this isn't just one from it's. It's uh, snowball effect. It's just for, for keep, multiple problems. Yeah, it's just going to keep like where where do you draw the line? Where does it stop? But again, again, were, were we not saying this about the Premier League twenty five years ago? We were because we were. We alive. were, but like generally speaking, I'll tell you like, someone who would have been having this debate because he would have been alive back then was Colin. Colin, your thoughts on the whole matter? Well, Leeds were part of the Premier League. They were. They were, and they were the last last team to win the first division. Unless I'm mistaken. Yeah. Sounds correct. Gary Speeds, no? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, carry on. But what were your thoughts on this whole idea of of the Super League when you when you first heard about it? Well, well, can I take a step back because maybe I'm not getting the whole picture here and I'm being a bit stupid. But 
who is bankrolling this? Who's promoting this? Is it FIFA, UEFA? No, no, none of them. They basically they want out of FIFA and UEFA. Basically, they're saying is we make the most money. We are your big names uh, when it comes to like the Champions League and you know all this money that you're create that you're getting from advertising. It's because I don't know who sponsored the Champions League. Sony with PS4, Amstel Beer, Amstel yeah. whoever. Basically, they're saying the only reason they're coming to you is because we're the big names attracting it. Sony aren't coming to you because they want to advertise at Red Star Belgrade versus Napoli, say. Nothing against Red Star Belgrade. Okay. But basically, they're saying all that money, why are you giving it to them? We should should be having that money because we're the ones driving it. And this is an ultimatum of, right, either give us that money or we're going to go and create our own league where we'll get that money anyway. It's basically okay. the premise. So, so it runs alongside the existing leagues. Is that correct? Nope. They're basically going to. They will leave. They, they will. They will leave their domestic divisions and just run their own. It will be a multiple European league. Yeah. It, it's basically one big Champions League group stage. It is basically yeah. Essentially. And over what, a season. So, so for example, what happens when whoever is the the weakest team in there becomes a whipping boy? And year after year, because they can't get relegated, they're always at the bottom. What what happens in that scenario? Then they just, you know, dust themselves down, start again. Start again, yeah. If they've got a 20-year contract fulfilled and they have to just keep just, going through the motions and keep reinvesting, keep figuring out new ideas until they get it correct. Just, oh, well, we lost, we lost to Man City 4-0 away last year. Right, next year we're going to lose to them 2-0 away from last year. Let's uh, improve. There's no, there's, there's no general, there's no big threat to it. Hold, hold on a second. Is, I mean, pardon me for being stupid on this, but is this whole premise just absolute bonkers? Yes. Right. It, it I mean, yeah. I mean, for example, um, James, you support Arsenal, who are, I presume are part of this whole setup. But let's say, right, okay, Marcus, you're a Newcastle United fan, you know. Huge fan base, massive brand. I'm a Leeds United fan, massive fan base, massive brand. Okay, well, what's to stop Newcastle, Leeds, setting up, I don't know, the Super North League or something? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and, like, and again, how far does it go? Like, where where do we cut off like all these sort of you know absurd ideas? Once what, we do that, you know, do do we have like a southern league and a northern league in England? Which I wouldn't totally be against. Yeah, but again, it's, but then but you're just it's well, lit, it's just it's reinventing the wheel, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's segregating and dividing people, and it's dividing the north and south even more. James, you've been to, you've been quiet, you've been quiet on this, and I want to, and I want to bring you, I want to bring you into the into the whole topic. Uh, again, this this news must have resonated all the way into Amst, in, into the Netherlands, even though none of the Dutch teams got got, so, a, men, so. got a mention. Um, just what were your what were your thoughts when you when you first heard this, and do you think this is as bonkers as idea as Colin thinks it is? I think it's a silly idea. I just think it's. Completely... Well, he said silly. It's it's less than bonkers. I, I think it's I think it's completely. I just think it's silly. Uh, it's one of gr- greed. I don't know what it is in this day and age with greed, but those clubs that are now in this bracket of can never be relegated, 20-year contracts and all that kind of stuff, where were they 20 years ago? What were the state of those clubs back then? 
Uh, they were in competitive leagues, is what they were 20 years ago. Yeah, but mm. what, I'm, what I mean is, is that if, if they're now assuming themselves to be the European elite, but yet 20 years ago they were not. Well, uh, because it's because they bankrolled themselves with with all the money. It's it, it, it basically does all come down to money at the end of the day. Like if there was a if there was things like salary caps where every you know everyone was on a level pegging. This wouldn't be happening. Basically, what it is is a it's money, but also I reckon it's because they're bored. Is the board owner, the club directors, don't want to have to go to, and no disrespect to them, but Ed Woodward doesn't want to go on a no on alternate weeks to Burnley, Bournemouth, Brighton, Southampton. Basically, what he wants is on alternate weeks to go from Old Trafford the next week Burnabout, to Camp, the Burn- to the New exactly. Arena and and f- and, and so further af- and further afield because you know they'll play you know Man United will play Barcelona in Miami so he'll want to go and play he'll want to go sit in the boardroom in Miami then the next week he'll go be in Old Trafford then next week he'll be in New York when they play Liverpool and so on and this, so on this is just such an absurd idea to me because it just seems like you know they're becoming less professional footballers and more superstars yeah, like big name sort of celebrity household names instead. And the big question that comes to mind for me is, first of all, with no sort of uh, threat of relegation, where is like the sort of incentive or motivation for players to play to their best ability in this league, where they'll just be stuck in it for twenty years anyway? You'll lo- you'll naturally, you know, without that sort of um, threat or repercussion, you'll naturally just, you know, start to slack off. And second of all, with all these teams leaving their respective divisions and whoever's left there, be it, you know, the Premier League, be it whether it's Newcastle, whether it's Bournemouth, whether it's Brighton, whether it's Southampton, whoever it might be, they must look at it and thinking, yeah, we could win the league, but... At what cost? Yeah, at what cost? It's not really winning the league because we've not really earned being the best because the best of the best have already packed up and sacked us off. So it's a little bit like the darts, isn't it? When they separated and you've got the... BDO and the PDC, PDC, yeah. and basically you've got one that is the created for the money, and then the one that isn't. But at the end of the day, you've still got two world darts champions who are different people. Yeah, tell you what, that's actually a pretty good analogy. That's 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 a fair analogy, and and basically, and it's basically the split. Now, James, we've sort of had this idea. It's been touted around on a much smaller scale. I remember the the Atlantic League was uh, banded around a couple of year a couple of years ago because it was basically all the teams. It's on a similar sort of level, but the big team in each of the sort of uh, European in the northern European nations. So. Copenhagen, for instance, from Denmark are, you know, are the biggest team in Denmark. Ajax were mentioned, Celtic Rangers in there. Um, the, then, then the general gist, you get the idea. Um, but it was on a much smaller scale. Um, so we've had these sort of discussions before, but they've never gone anywhere. Do you actually see this becoming something, or do you think it's just going to be knocked on the head at the first possible opportunity, James? I hope it will be knocked on the head at the first opportunity because the domestic football is the bloodline of that of, of countries. Once you take away the the possibility of of becoming look at Leicester, Leicester that is the best uh, achievement in modern football history, and yet Leicester won the league at over five thousand to one. If you if you cut away the 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 possibility to dream and to create 
and what is now a fact in Leicester winning the league, when you start to to to, to solidify things and put things in boxes and you know they are only there and they are there and they are there, the fact remains is you've got 22 players on the pitch and anything can happen. I mean, you see tonight, you see um, Red Star Belgrade beating Liverpool. I've seen some messages messages on Twitter along the lines of um, Red Star Belgrade being described as B-Tech Serbian soldiers. And how on earth can they beat a team like Liverpool? Well, they have. Nobody expected it. I did, because I backed Red Star Belgrade to win, but that's another point. <laughs> but but once you start to, to, to just have the best against the best and that be that, and discarding other teams, you know, you've got to give... Football as in life is full of ups and downs. A club can go through a very difficult period and then go up on the up and, and go soaring into the sky. But I just think it's greed and it's motivated by money. And and like Marcos makes a very good point as well. You know, what people are you trying to get through the door? You know, are you trying to get just in Miami tourists and rich people that have got too much money, uh, more money than sense? You've got to respect the leagues for what they are. Yes, Paris Saint-Germain are, are battering the French league at the moment, but it wasn't so long ago in the mid um, in the mid 2000s that Lyon were doing exactly the same. So it, it comes in waves. It comes Bang in, on. You know, yeah. It, com- it comes on. in waves, and it, that needs to be respected. And I hope that all the individual football associations put this knock this idea on the head at the first available opportunity. I mean, I mean, say for example, James, just to, to, to go on what you've just suggested. 15 years ago, Leeds United were top of the Premier League and in the semi-finals of the Champions League. Exactly. Okay. They would have been in that elite group. Now they're not. Okay. Things always change. And I, I'm, it's, at the end of the day, what happens to the fans? And I know mm. the fans get, you know... Well, yes, but here's the other thing, is that if you're playing a Manchester United-Barcelona game in Miami, um, where's your allegiance come from? So, for example, we all have reasons for why we support our clubs. There's a reason why James supports Arsenal, I support Leeds, okay? And they're genuine to ourselves. So why would you support a club in this Super League? I mean, what would be the draw to it? Because you live in Miami? Or because you live in Manchester? Or because you live in Paris? I, I, I don't know where the draw would be for fans anymore. The, hang on, the, but the thing is that fans are being drawn for a whole different... A set of reasons now. Uh, basically, it's something that the guys on the Sunday Sub have discussed, um, and the best example of it is with Cristiano Ronaldo. In Juventus's Twitter following, like gained some like two million followers the day after he signed, and Real Madrid's dropped about dropped about two million. Basically, the whole selling point is going to be the players because that's what people do nowadays. They don't really support teams; they watch, oh, they follow players, like. Name, so the, look at Neymar. I'd question Neymar. that. Paul Pogba. There's another I'd, one. I'd question Pogba. that. Oh, go on then. The World Cup. Oh, go for it. The World Cup. That brings people together, right? English fans support England. Welsh fans <laughs> support Wales, okay? French fans support France. So there is that pull to 
what you have subscribed to you, you know so for example um ek if i want to be successful you know growing up i'd have supported spain or germany but of course that's not an option right because I think, I I, because i'm english and i think that is still there it's a different idea though it's a different idea when it comes to countries though is that because it's the land you share whereas this it's like i said club football and international football are, are completely different when it comes to sort of who when it comes to who you support what happens to a guy who's lives in manchester he's doing all right he's bringing up his family he's all all of a sudden despite being in the area of manchester taken out of the game he's got no allegiance anymore because he can't be allegiant to the manchester clubs because they've become so detracted from him and there ain't a cat and else chance he's never going to get a ticket so what's he meant to do? Is he meant to support Preston North End? Is he meant to support, you know, Marcus I don't know, Cheshire? Go support, go support Salford. Salford. Or FC United. Imagine. No, but why should he support Salford? Should, yeah, no, he should support... If he, he, should, if he lives in Old Trafford, support, support Manchester yeah. United. Yeah, but he can't. Yeah, he can't. And the idea is he can't because they every other week they are flying all around the world. What does this do to the, the standard of the players as well? Every other week going to... America going across Europe, going to different climates. You suggested like they got a struggle from jet lag. Well, it's just you know, well, these days it's become a bit of a phenomenon. And just the standard, like the idea of this league being put together is to see the elite of the elite and drawing in people with, as James correctly said, with more money in a sense that just want to see the best of the best just going out there, hammering tongs week to week, day by day. That's, got, that's the premise here. I've got another thought as well. I believe a lot of people are short sighted. Because football will not always be the biggest sport on the planet. It is at the moment, and it certainly is in England. Okay, I'll give you that, and it will probably stay that way. But, you know, we all look at how sports are adopted by different places. So, the, you know, the ex-Commonwealth countries who are all into cricket and everything like that. I don't know what's going to happen in the next 20, 30, 40 years. But, you know, UFC might be the big sport in the future do you, do you know what i mean and then when that happens what happens to football does everyone start saying all right well all the ufc guys um are, are going to be flying around the country doing all these fights everywhere and then well then football at some point the bubble's going to burst the money's going to go the last su- summary was just from both guys that if anyone can think of a positive to this super league no I, yeah i can't it can Colin, can you think of any positives aside from new names on domestic trophies? I'm I'm struggling to think of one. Um, uh, yeah. No. Uh, do these do these top six teams from England do they still compete in the competitive domestic knockout trophies as well, like the FA Cup? No, nope, they're out. out the lot. As well. The lot. Everything. Right. So again, do we have to have new knockout trophies? Like, do do we need a Super League FA Cup as well? Or yeah. equivalent of? Yeah. Like, where does it start? Oh, it's just... Oh, I I, I, I've got a point to raise, and this is something that I stumbled across recently, um, and it's eSports. Um, and it was yeah. relating to Formula One. And there were a lot of guys, and they're the best Formula One players on Xbox and PS4. Um... And it was being covered and it was being watched by 
loads of people, okay? And so the best 20 online drivers were, you know, two, the top two were driving the McLarens, the next two, the Ferraris, whatever. My fear is that we're sort of like getting to that because we're eliminating the fans. So, and this is my quandary about it, is that I don't think you're ever going to fill, man, uh, you know, Old Trafford or the Bernabeu with purely tourists. And it just, I, I don't know. I just feel there's a direction going that way. And it's like you're sort of almost watching like a bit like reality television, reality football, you know, manufactured. Um, yeah, it, it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I remember over the summer there were live broadcasts, I think it was from the O2 of esports, like the FIFA equivalent. Yeah, I was getting together to like having tournaments of like who was the best FIFA, and I was just like, I'm paying for my Sky Sports membership for this. Yeah, and that's what I, mean. I think they have they have Rocket League on there. Do you yeah. you know, uh, Rocket League. I know what it is, but yeah, it's it's pathetic, and it is quite literally moving on to the next generation, and it's moving too fast. And as James says, it's just it's going to collapse in on itself. It is right. I think we've talked enough about this European Super League. I think we can we can all agree it's a terrible idea. Don't want it. It's not welcome. I still have this, ter- this terrible thought in the back of my mind. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Maybe not. You know. Maybe not in the next twenty years. But at some point, the big clubs are going to break away, and you know, take it on the chin. See what happens. You know, Fulham might win the league. Newcastle might win the league. You never know. But anyway, Marcus, you have a point because coming up. Very soon is the international break, which means there's international football, which means there's going to be glorified friendlies or glorified testimonials, as I call it. Mainly one taking place at Wembley. Go. Yeah. So basically, in light of an um, announcement that Wayne Rooney was being, I believe, invited back into the squad, uh, the England squad, for an upcoming friendly against the USA, uh, I understand that the fixture is also being held and like money being raised for charity. After back of it too, um, I'm just I'm just trying to fathom, get my head around, and just like the importance of friendly and sentiments like this, and against sort of professionalism, and just lining up the two, and just like you know, where is the line between you know Gareth Southgate trying to be a professional, and you know get the best out of an England squad set, you know, going forward. I understand it's only one game. But you're also inviting back, and this is, to be honest, this is going to be my main point. You are inviting back uh, a form, a former emphasis on the former, former inter- England international, who retired and turned away from international football, and then you're inviting him back one more time. Now, I've always had the stance that, this is my personal opinion, is that you do, you never retire from your country. Your country should retire you when it deems fit and moves on to the next next generation or whoever's coming through, who is ever, whoever is better equipped to improve, you know, improve your country. Yeah. So I just, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of this like whole case and just like, you know, is this warranted? Like, is this right? Is this morally correct? You know, should, you know, should Wayne Rooney be invited back at all? You can say, you know, he serves a lot for his country in the past. But for me, you know, I, I, I don't see why any professional footballer, period, should announce their retirement as a thing. Yeah. You know, okay. it should be, you know. Okay, we, I. You, you see what I'm getting at. Yeah, the point's been made there. I think the only thing that's sort of weird about it, because it's been done before. 
as I'm sure James, as I'm sure James will testify, Wesley Snyder had his farewell game. He did. Basically, what it was, yeah. Lucas Podolski had his had his farewell game. Yeah, if you see what I'm getting at. But that was it. Was sort of one thing. It wasn't retire, then uh, take Return. a two year gap and yeah. then come back. If this was done uh, um, after, because he retired after year 2016, am I right? Yeah. So if it was like September or so or around <laughs> this time in 2016, then it would have made sense. Yeah. But it's the the only weird bit has been the timing of it. And again, if they want to, uh, they, I, I reckon it's because they sold seats, and they've sort yeah. of they're playing, the, they, they're playing the USA. Wayne really plays in the USA. Let's tie it all together. And as a thank you for helping us sell seats, we're going to give the money. Because as you know, the FA you know are rich at the moment, as as it seems, since they don't need the six hundred million for Wembley. Uh, so it's going to give the money to Wayne Rudy's foundation uh, or some description. Charity. Yeah. yeah so it's ba- as I said, it's basically a glorified international testimonial. Yeah. James, again, I'm sure that I'm sure this news has has reached has reached the Netherlands. Do you have any sort of specific specific thoughts on this? Do you think that the whole idea is is a good thing that this glorified this glorified testimonial, or do you think that it's again just another money making thing and Wayne Rudy should stay well away? Um, if I can just be transparent as regards to what happened uh, with Wesley Snyder. Yeah. As soon as Kuman was appointed, he was asked by the Dutch press if Snyder is going to get a testimonial. Upon which Kuman replied, not yet, because obviously he's got a job in hand to, um, to select a squad to get the nation to become a competitive team again. So he took... Wesley Snyder to one side and told him that he will get his farewell game, but not straight away due to the fact of there's a job that Koeman has to, has to do. Um, I think as well for it to be such a gap, if you're going to honour a player in such a way, then maybe honouring on the side of the pitch, for example, or have like a, um, have like a special presentation, you know, players play week in, week out, in the Premier League, the pool of players that they can that Southgate can select from is is getting smaller year on year. When they don't choose to cap players like Albrighton, who's a Premier League winner, uh, Lascelles, who's the, I think the youngest captain in uh, in the Premier League and deserves a place in the England squad. When Southgate isn't even entertaining these players, but is more than happy to give permission for a player who retired two years ago to come back and have a swan song, it doesn't really sit right with me. I mean, if I can just compare, you look at um, the difference in Spain since Luis Enrique took over. Now, they look like a completely different team that was at the World Cup. Yes, England beat them in Seville, which was a good result. But in in terms of the energy levels before that match, Spain were putting teams away at five and five and sixes and really taking teams to the cleaners. And I just think Southgate, I think he's just far too, uh, far too conservative. You know, you've got a job to select every single squad, the best 20 players, if you like, that can represent the country. And now you're allowing this to happen. And it doesn't really sit right with me. If you, if you want to honor someone, that's absolutely fine. But there's, you can, have, you can have a special presentation before the game, after the game, but to come back and have him play at the expense of someone who's maybe on really good form 
that could en- enhance his game at international level doesn't really sit right with me. Yeah, that's been the main point is basically Wayne Rooney's getting this thing. Is taken away for some reason. Callum Wilson's yeah. been the name that's been brought. Well, whether it's, it's basically... Callum Wilson, whether it's Troy Deeney, whether it's Glenn Murray, Murray, you know, you know, someone that has been, you know, doing well in the Premier League. How should, how do they feel right now? You know, you, you know, it would have been very easy, as James says, to you know do a half-time presentation, have Wayne Rooney on the pitch, present him with whatever award, you know, have. I'm sure there were people outside collecting donations for his charity. The reality is Wayne Rooney would not be selected for the England squad if they weren't playing the USA. It's the only reason this is happening. Is they're trying to get the tie in? Yeah, they're trying to tie in and make more of a story of it. That, yeah. That's all that is. And that's what it just it doesn't. It's, it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me sort of feel like it almost feels like we're stepping towards like having football matches being staged. Like more like a spectacle. Yeah, showing an actual like sort of competitive edge to it, which I personally wouldn't be. I personally wouldn't be against. No, I would. No, I, I draw the line on that. I don't. I'm not here. I'm not. You know, this this is not a soap drama. This hang, is on, not... hang on. So you're saying after Man City and Liverpool say play their game, you want to see Mauricio Sarri just grabbing the microphone and saying, "I'll well, see you sorry. next week." No, no, but you get the idea. Yeah, no, it's it's no, it's too it's far it's too much of this sort of Americanism that's just sapping over. I'm just, you know, making it sort of too amateur dramatic. I'm just there for the sort of, you know, the, the thrill of competition, not not sort of a some sort of soap drama entertainment. Yeah. Colin, have you got sort of any any thoughts about this? Are you okay with what Wayne Rooney's doing? <sighs> this this makes me angry. This, this... Oh god. Oh, but we like angry Colin. This is good. This, this is um it's a disgrace to the the football association it makes a mockery of it um Wayne Rooney wasn't even that good for England um he wasn't he was a good player he wasn't world class um it was shite basically for England um a number of top class tournaments um if you had to create a list in my opinion of 20 people who might deserve this sort of celebration it wouldn't even feature on the you know the scrap pieces of paper when you're putting it together um who who does this guy think he is and who does the fa think he is that he basically tells the fa and international football how to run the joint okay he's a past it footballer right Who's had his own personal misdemeanours? He's, he's not as if he's um, he's no Mother Teresa, right? He's just a bit of an, a twat, right? And and so he's been brought back. No, he is, right? Being brought back into the team as Marcus, you quite rightly said. You know, he turned his back on his country. Um, he went to America for the money and also because. He's he's finished. He's burnt out. He's been bur- he was burnt out for like six or seven years of his, well, let's say five years of his last career, uh, end of his career in England. Um, he was living on past glories, um, and I completely agree with James as well that you know it's just it just makes a mockery of it all. I mean, what what do you want it to be? Do you want it to be like uh, why not make it like um, the soccer raid game? Why not you know if you want to have someone who's deserving of it. Let's play fucking Bobby Charlton in midfield, 
right? Because he'll do just as good a job, you know, hobbling around as Wayne Rooney will. Do you know what I mean? Let's get Robbie Williams on there. Let's get yeah. Tom Jones playing or, or whatever, you know. Let's get fucking, um, you know, celebrity chefs playing the game. Tell you what, Colin mentions uh, getting the old getting the old players back. Remember the old uh, England, the Carlsberg team? No. From the oh yeah. yes, a bit. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. For one game, I mean, I think Bobby Robs Bobby Robson's not there anymore. I don't know if anyone else from that lot have passed on, but the idea is there. By all means, please. But it's just as absurd, isn't it? It's just as absurd as this. The only reason this is being put together is for someone as. Colin said is for someone who did retire and did turn his back on his country and now he's being just willingly pulled back into the fold for no real apparent or even tactical reason. Gareth Southgate has no intention of bringing Wayne Rooney back in preparation for the 2020 Euro tournament. There is no in sort of incentive behind it. I'd like to, I'd like to see what happens if Wayne Rooney gets brought in with I tell, uh, I tell you Andy Carroll. I tell you what. I tell you what. I tell you who'd be more deserving. Whoever the top scorer is um, of the England women's national team. Player, don't play fucking Rooney because he don't fucking deserve it. Play someone yeah. who scored more goals than him because he's just a past it player. It's a bit like you saying all of a sudden, oh, right, well, uh, oof, Gary Lineker. Oh, yeah, he's all right. Let's play him. His, his legs are shot. Do you know what I mean? So... Give it to someone who's deserving. Frank Kirby is basically what you're saying. Give um, Frank Kirby. I think I think uh, I can't. Unfortunately, I can't remember her name. But I think there's another lady who scored a hell of a lot more goals, more goals than Frank Kirby has. But Frank Kirby, Smith. Yes, yes. Um, because Frank Kirby's career is still ongoing, isn't it? Um, yeah. Oh, so, you made a retirement. Well, okay. Well, that's essentially what Rooney is. Okay. Fair enough. Um, what would be interesting though is if I, I sort of mentioned it before Colin carried on, is if Wayne Rooney gets caught up with Andy Carroll syndrome. In the the moment he does something good, everyone's saying he should be in the England team. It happens every time with Andy Carroll. If Wayne Rooney plays against USA and scores a thirty five yard free kick, you know the papers are going to say, "Go he's on, let's keep him." He's, he's, he's still, still got, got it. it. Yeah. You just, I, I'd be quite interested to see if that happened. I'll, I'll be brutally honest, right? If I was. One of the so it's a versus USA, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's bring Landon Donovan back, shall we? And Alexi Lalas and all them good guys. You know what I mean? If we're going to celebrate Rooney, um, right, get him to play. Away exactly. You know. And yes, all for it. Yes, let's all do it. Clint Dempsey, Casey Keller. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. If I if I was basically what I'm proposing is Masters football. I mean, what yeah. I'm proposing. I mean, well, th this is how much of a mockery it is, right? If I was Clint Dempsey, you know, I'd go straight through Wayne Rooney. I'd take his <laughs> fucking knee off, right? Just because he's being self-opinionated, self-inflated. I'm the big head. And maybe it's the FA doing it more than him. But if I was him, I'd be fucking embarrassed. I, I would just refuse it. At what point do you think, oh, yeah, that's a good idea? I mean, I if... Like, I wouldn't want to play. I wouldn't mind Rooney being there because he is playing in America now and it is England against USA. I wouldn't mind if he was there as special guest for the night and they did something at halftime, 
said, thank you everything for all your services to England, despite the fact you only ever scored one goal at the World Cup. But, you know, here's your little trophy. Here's your bouquet of flowers. Here's £10,000 to your charity of your choice. Let's get on with the second half. But this whole sort of amateur dramatic sort of side showing, I just, I don't get it. And I, I'm not comfortable with players that retire from their country as is. But those that retire and then just return and waltz in two years later for sentimental values, I, I can't, I can't fathom it. I can't get my head around it. It's manipulation of the records as well. He's going to get another cap, isn't he now, because of that? That could yes. affect somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Someone who's either just ahead of him or just below him. And it's like, oh yeah, well he got that from his testimonial. That's not fair. Yeah, okay. so I don't know how many caps Wayne Rooney's This will be his 120th cap. So, and meanwhile, Callum Wilson and Troy Dean will still be on zero caps. Yeah, when he said, I think it's more like damn life. If Harry Kane but, gets to 119, say, and then has to retire early because of injury or something, then basically he'll be tied. He'll be he'll be second rather than tied for the most sort of thing. It's it's something further down the line. James, do you have any sort of more more further points to add to this whole thing? Rather than let's give let's give you some time, give Colin some time to calm down. <laughs> well, I, I just think you know the, the the solution is staring them in the face to have a presentation at halftime. They can even go out on a limb and and and, and really make a big thing of it. But you know, this is international football. You've got to, Southgate's got a job to do as well, and Southgate's up for a contract extension. He's on two million quid a year, and the fact remains that he's got to pick the best squad for England in order to progress. And I just think that every time you start entertaining things like this, it's just, um, it's an opportunity missed, really. I mean, international. I mean, I'm I'm not Southgate's biggest fan as England manager anyway. You know, international football is for an experienced manager who's been there done it brought the t-shirt knows exactly what needs to be done I mean I, I was I was back in um, in the UK at the start of September uh, when I went to watch um, Arsenal against Volskopoldava in Europa League and I did a bit of shopping and you go into bookstores and you've got books like Gareth's Heroes because they reached the semi-final of a World Cup fact remains they played seven World Cup games and lost through them yeah. Nobody, ever, nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah. But there's a but there's a there's a book released called Gareth's Heroes. You so must true. be joking. You really must. What's what's going on? Well, here, but this is how farcical it is, James. You've hit the nail on the head, right? I mean, here's the thing. If if anybody, but here's the thing. Nobody cares about Wayne Rooney. If anybody cared about Wayne Rooney, he wouldn't be playing for DC United in this country. Do you know what I mean? I mean. I'll be, I'll be honest, let's go around the table here, yeah? So I'll start with you, Marcus, and, and pardon my Anglo-Saxon, but Marcus, do you give a fuck about Wayne Rooney? Do, um... Yes or no? No, not particularly. Right, then, answer question, you've answered the question. Right, Matt, do you give a fuck about Wayne Rooney? No, personally. James, do you give a fuck about Wayne Rooney? To hit the nail on the head even further and ram it into the woods, Gareth Southgate should not also, should be should forget about Wayne Rooney and concentrate on the job that he's got in hand, which is picking a squad for England to progress in future. I think long way about that's no. This is this is Jeremy Clark's like a hundred percent of the British population doesn't give a fuck about Wayne Rooney. Yeah, so I'm um, basically, you know, just to put my ten pen of thin, but I think you know where I'm going with this anyway. Fuck him. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right. Well, sorry for suggesting that as a topic, then. We no, it's a great topic. We got angry Colin. I'd by all means fine by it. 
Right, in which case, that's all we've got time for. It's a bit of fascinating. You know, we meant to have four topics, but we just had so much fun, we've decided to give you two long topics because that's what we like to do. More to, more focused into the thing. But as we said, by all means, give us any suggestions you want for any any future topics. No reasonable topic will be turned down. Uh, all that's left for us to say is uh, is thank you for listening and a goodbye from each of us. So it's a goodbye from Marcus. Goodbye. It's a goodbye from Colin. Uh, it's a goodbye, but could I just add in, um, if you want to get hold of us, we are on Twitter at FBC Pod. Um, bear with yes, us. Yes, we have a Twitter feed now. We're big yeah, time. Yeah, big time, man. Um, <laughs> if, if, you know, uh, bear with us while the whole grinding machine of getting podcasts comes out. But uh, it took the, the first one a little time to hit all the different streams, but we're all available on a cast and itunes and wherever you may want us now so so that should come through straight freely so um yeah please subscribe give us any ratings reviews and um as matt said you know if you've got any discussion topics for us to digest and mull over um please uh, send us a a tweet at fbc pod yeah, indeed. Um, so that was Colin's very long way of saying goodbye. I was left one more time. James, it's a goodbye from you. Uh, goodbye, everybody. And um, that's it. Thanks for joining us. You guys all take care.